1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I am your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we are continuing our discussion on a survey of the Book of Romans from an apologetic perspective, a survey of the Book of Romans from an apologetic perspective. And before I get into the introduction of the Book of Romans, I just wanted to Uh, make an appeal, and to remind everyone why we do what we do. Why do you do the things you do in terms of being involved in ministry, in terms of uh, reading your word, in terms of studying your word, in terms of outreach, in terms of uh, being part of a mission group, in terms of being part of a prayer group, a prayer cell. Why do you do the things you do? And the motive behind what we do is as important as what we do. The reason why you uh, display benevolence should be rooted in charity, according to First Corinthians 13. God constantly reminds us that what we do need to be based on the right motives. So as we go through this survey of the book of Romans. I hope that uh, we get this information and then we implement it and use it for the right reasons. As I engage in Christian apologetics, my motive is to help people, and I need to make sure I'm talking about me, that when I look in the mirror that the things I do for Christ, is rooted in charity. is is rooted in Christian love. Not to win arguments, not to uh, entrap people, not to make people look foolish just because I have X amount of knowledge. Everything that we do must be rooted in Christian charity. If you sing in the choir, Are you singing because you just have a good voice or you always wanted to sing gospel music? Why is it that you do the things that you do? If you are a teacher, are you teaching just because you want to stand in front of people so uh, they may see you as a smart Christian or they may see you as a superior Christian? I hope that's not the case. Whatever we do must be rooted in charity. So I wanted to just uh, touch on that before we get into the rest of the book of Romans, because our motive matters. The reason why you listen to this show, the re- reason why you listen to the podcast, I'm hoping it's because listening to this will help you to draw nigh or closer to God. And in return, you'll find your true purpose and that you may be able to stand on the truth of the gospel. So in our last episode we were uh, talking about the introduction as it relates to the book of Romans. We talked about number 1 how uh the book of Romans informs the the readers about uh Jesus being a servant. Uh number 1, number 2, we talked about how um he has been sanctified for the gospel, meaning that Paul, he's been He talks about himself. He's given a testimony that he's been sanctified for the gospel. And we we talked about how sanctification is being set aside for God to use. Set aside for God to use. That is God's intent for your reality is he set you aside. So God sees you as sanctified. He sees you as holy. So we must agree with God, see ourselves as holy as well, and thus adjusting our lifestyle adjusting what we do because we've now uh, come to a reality that God sees us a certain way. And so we must conform to that. Number three, the gospel is a fulfillment of old Testament prophecies. And we went and talked about passages, uh, or rather we highlighted passages that deal with um, Jesus uh, being prophesied about from the old Testament. So we need to make sure uh, that as we are sev- as, uh, living for Christ, we are aware of the messianic prophecies as it relates to Jesus Christ. And you can find that in Isaiah 53 as an example uh, where uh, Isaiah talks about uh, Jesus uh, years and years before he even uh, comes to to earth. So, number four, Jesus came from the lineage of David, uh, and that's found Uh, In the Bible, uh, especially Matthew, traces the historicity of Christ uh, through David, uh, through Solomon, even through Rahab, the prostitute. Uh, Jesus came through the lineage. And so uh, it's a reminder that Jesus is the anointed one. He is the real thing. Uh, He is uh, the one that was sent by God. And even John the Baptist asked the question, are you the real thing? Uh, Or or should we go look for another one? But no, Jesus is the real thing. Um, Number five, Jesus is the son of God in accordance with God's spirit uh, who is holy. And just like Jesus is holy, he's our example. And God wants us to be uh, holy uh, on a human level. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to think holy. He wants us to walk holy. He wants us to preach holy. He wants us to sing holy. He wants us to relate in a holy fashion. He wants us to uh, disagree uh, in holiness. So holiness uh, should be our business. All of us should be invested in living uh, in a way that God will be pleased in accordance to his precepts. So we are called to live holy. And that's very important. God has called all of us to live holy, to be sanctified. Uh, We are deemed by God as sacred. We are sacred. Uh, It doesn't mean we are perfect, but we are called to live a a certain standard, uh, and God expects that of his children. Now, number six, the grace of the believers obtained through the resurrection of Christ. In in addition, uh, God's grace made it possible for his apostleship. So it was only by God that Paul uh, was able to overcome his uh, superiority complex. Uh, He was able to overcome uh, his uh, racism. He was able to overcome uh, his arrogance uh, in terms of how he viewed other people. Uh, Just because he was a Hebrew, Paul thought he had an edge on other people. Uh, Just because uh, he was part of the religious leadership as a Pharisee, he thought he had an edge on other people. So when he accepted Christ, there were a lot of things that he had to reassess, uh, because in order for him to move forward in Jesus and to be used by God to bring others to him, He had to let go of some of his isms. Um, And it's the same thing for us. If you're going to be all that God called you to be, you have to analyze yourself. You have to be transparent. You got to be open. Uh, You have to be uh, very honest in terms of your shortcomings, in terms of the things that God wants you to, wants to deliver you from. And I pray that no one listening to this show uh, has just said to themselves, I don't, have anything to work on. And if you're able to say that, then that's something you need to work on. Uh, To say that you don't have anything to work on is a shortcoming. All of us have something to work on. All of us have uh, what many people call blind spots. Just like when you're driving your car, uh, there are blind spots. Uh, And all of us need to work on our blind spots. And then for the rest of us, we know the things we have to work on. Uh, whether it's jealousy, whether it's envy, uh, whether it's uh, being slothful, all right? Whatever it is, we need to work on it. And by working on it, meaning that uh, we're not just saying, Lord, help me with this and then go back to doing the same thing. If there's a stronghold in in your life that is uh, coming between you and your holiness, Uh, And if you try to to work it out on your own and you haven't been successful, I encourage you to get some help. It's okay to get help. It's okay to go uh, talk to uh, your church leader uh, that you trust. It's okay to go talk to a Christian counselor. It's okay to get help. Uh, All of us, uh, sooner or later, need help. So it's okay to fight and contend for the faith. And part of contending for the faith is you uh, doing your part so that God can help you with whatever it is that he needs to help you, uh, help you with. Amen. So the late scholar F.F. Uh, F. Bruce uh, once said that while Christ's resurrection was proclaimed by the early Christians as a historical event, it had more than a merely historical significance for them. First of all, it was the gr- a grand demonstration of the mes- a messiahship of Jesus. It did not make him Messiah, but it proved that he was the Messiah. This is what uh, the late scholar F.F. F. Bruce uh, said. He was a uh, scholar of New Testament. So Paul, for the occasion of this letter, which is found in verses 7 through 16, uh, chapter uh, 1, uh, he says this section of Paul's writing characterizes the, uh, the recipients. Paul was writing to the saints in Rome. He described them uh, not from a secular perspective, from a holy, but from a holy perspective. And in, it's this part of the letter that he deliberately chooses words that will compel the saints in Rome to view themselves the way that God views them. And that's very important. You should not view yourself Necessarily, the way that you 've always viewed yourself prior to knowing who Jesus was prior to uh growing up in him, uh, sometimes we get our um, our image of ourselves uh, the, the the way that we think we are from our parents sometimes we get it from our friends sometimes we get it from our colleagues sometimes we get it from our teachers, but ultimately, we need to take all of those. Uh, interpretations of ourselves and filter it by the word of God. What has Jesus said? If somebody uh, told you that you never amount to anything, have you checked it in with Jesus? If someone told you that uh, you weren't smart enough to do X, Y, and Z, have you checked it in with Jesus? We cannot live our lives as Christian based on necessarily on what other people have told us. We need to check it in with Jesus and let him tell us how he sees us and God sees us as holy. So, number one, in verse seven, Paul says they are beloved of God. They are beloved of God. The church in Rome, they are beloved of God, meaning that God loves them just like God loves us. God loves them ontologically. God loves them as his creation. God loves them As his chosen people. God loves them as followers of Jesus Christ. God loves them as followers of the way. And number two, they were called to be saints. Verse seven again. They're called to be saints. Uh, God has called them not just to be ordinary, but to be super ordinary. God called them not just to live, but to have abundant life. So they're called to be saints. Paul reminds the saints in Rome that he's always praying for them, verse 9. In addition, we learn that he's endeavoring to see them physically, verse 10. Then we learn about his intent and occasion of the letter in verse 11. Paul wanted to give them some spiritual teachings so they may be established or rooted. And it's important to be rooted. If you're not rooted, then you are moved by every wind of doctrine, every new thing that comes up uh You are easy uh or, or ready to embrace it, and we can 't embrace everything we can 't embrace every ideology we can 't embrace every philosophy we can't we can 't embrace everything we can 't embrace every movement uh in today 's culture we have so much uh going on, and people that uh do not investigate for themselves i 'm talking about christians are easily being led astray you have things like the critical race theory. You, you, we, we, we have uh, all of these movements, uh, all of these social movements, and uh, Christians uh, are so easy to title themselves uh, or, or to bind themselves with these titles, and we have to be careful what it is that we are embracing. So, be rooted. Be rooted in what? Be rooted in God's word. Don't be moved. Don't be swayed by what uh, the world is saying, by the rhetoric of those with su- uh, fine sounding words. Don't be moved. It was Paul's desire to see the saints in Rome, but something would always hinder his progress. Verse 13. He wanted to get to Rome to minister to, uh, to both the Jews as well as the Gentiles. Paul, who was no longer a bigot, wanted to visit this church. He had been changed by God and willing not just to minister to the Jews but also to the Gentiles. He he was willing to minister to all people. Verse 14, he is ready to preach the gospel to those Christians that are in Rome. Paul's zeal was unmatched, and he was willing to preach the good news to all the people without reservation. The artistry, and the uh, sophistry of Rome would not distract him. Uh, Rome, just like the Greeks, uh, were very fond of philosophy. And based on who you followed as a philosopher, you, you gained certain status in Roman civilization. And likewise, we, got, we have people today uh, that are caught up in their arrogance Uh, their intellectual arrogance, and their financial arrogance. Uh, Look at me. Look how much I know. Look at me. I graduated from Harvard, and I graduated from Princeton, and I graduated from Yale, and they're caught up in their titles, but they can't sleep at night. They're caught up in their titles, but uh, they don't know how to build relationships. They're caught up in their titles, but don't know their true identity. So, it's important That we not allow status to lord over us. Status has its place, but in all things, it must be secondary to the will of God. Uh, It is He that has blessed us with any status that we claim to have. So he's ready to preach the gospel, uh, gospel in Rome. His zeal, as I said before, is unmatched, and he wasn't distracted. By uh, the clout of Rome, Paul was determined, regardless of the occasion, to preach the tenets of the good news. In regards to uh, this mindset, uh, C.K. Barrett write follow, uh, wrote this: He said, "The work of salvation was begun, through though not completed, in the ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and from the beginning, it was marked by the power." in the miracles, in the resurrection, and subsequently in the work of the Holy Spirit. It was in virtue of this power that the gospel preached by Paul and his uh, apostolic colleagues, as it had its effect among them who's, who heard uh, the message and experienced the power of the age to come. So th- what Paul and his colleagues were able to do, we empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that empowered Paul, he's accessible today. He's accessible to me. He's accessible to all of us that want to tap into the power in order to live our lives for the glory of God, in order to uh, continue the mission that he's given us. Paul declares his attitude regarding the proclamation of the gospel. He is not afraid, verse 16. Furthermore, uh, he articulates the reason for his position. Paul states that he is not ashamed to preach the gospel because it is necessary for salvation. In other words, if people are going to be saved and not condemned, they need to hear the gospel. He unpacks his theology further in chapter 10, uh, like in Romans 10 and 14. So Paul says in verses 17 through 32, that the just shall live by faith as he quotes from the old Testament as an attempt to illustrate that the new Testament is unified with the old, the old Testament uh, concealed is now revealed in the new Testament. That was written by the uh, prophet Habakkuk uh, in Habakkuk two and four. He wrote the same thing. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And so Paul it's uh, quoting the same thing uh, that Habakkuk had written about uh, as a fulfillment. And in Habakkuk days, for those of you who read that, that book, um, he was dealing with the uh, ungodliness that has seeped into the people of God. Um, the leaders were uh, treating people the way that they shouldn't be treated. Uh, they had gotten caught up. In uh, uh, usury, in in charging people as an example more than they should be charged, and Habakkuk was really displeased with the condition, spiritual condition of his of God's people. So uh, he goes to to the Lord in prayer, and he's having this dialogue with God. Uh, Lord, when uh, when will you deal with these people with with your people? When when would you intercede and? And, and chastise them and correct them, and the Lord respond in the way uh, that Habakkuk is not expecting. He's going to use uh, one of their enemies to come to deal with god's people to to compel them to fall back in line and Habakkuk is uh, a little bit disturbed by the the method that God is using, but God uh, encourages him and, and let his, let him know that everything he does. Uh, is it, based on his love, and ultimately, he's going to do what's in Israel's best interest by him using whatever he has to use. And so, in the same way, um, Paul is, is telling the, Rome, Rome, uh, the Christians in Rome, rather, that God is going to do what God does, and we may not know how he's going to work it out, but whatever he does is for our best interest. And that's the confidence and assurance that we all uh, can uh, take pride in. We serve a God that loves us. He loves us, and whatever he does is for our best interest. Um, that's something that we can go to sleep on. Uh, Paul concludes the chapter by introducing the concept of righteousness. Uh, the Jews saw righteousness as a result of merit-based legalism. However, Paul, just like Jesus, was challenging the existing theology regarding what actions are acceptable and not acceptable. He reminds the believers in Rome that ungodly behavior ushers in the wrath of God. Verse 18, he continues for the remainder of the chapter comparing and contrasting righteousness with unrighteousness. And we'll uh, dive more into uh, this whole thing of legalism versus righteousness uh, in our next episode. But uh, we pray that something was said in this episode to encourage your hearts. Um, The book of Romans is filled with so many jewels. Uh, Pray for us as we continue to unpack God's word. And we pray that um, you're holding strong in spite of what's going on around the country, what's going on around the world, uh, that your uh, faith is rooted in Jesus. And long as we keep Jesus first, he'll make sense of all the chaos that we are enduring, all of the sicknesses, all of the job lost, all of the broken relationships. Jesus knows how to make things right. And as always, uh, we thank you for your prayers. And if you'd like to support Sound Reasoning uh, radio show, uh, please consider giving online, srministries.org. Or you can send your check made out to Sound Reasoning Ministries to P.O. Box 582-306, El Grove, California, 95758. Remember to do for the truth what so many do for lie.
0: Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time and remember Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries,
1: srministries.org.